Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and in here, we explore areas others fear to tread. I'm the founder of The Divorce Sanctuary and creator of Wound Talking and The Original Wound. I'm also author of Finding Lily, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse and Divorce Matters. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years, working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma, and working with this life wounding. And it's through my own personal journey I know how much this hurts and how confusing life becomes. So many questions, no real answers. And I'm on a mission to help and educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives, and helping them heal the wounds of our mothers and our fathers. It stops here, it stops now, and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. And you are so very, very welcome. This week, I'm going to share with you, like I did about a year ago, I think it's a bit over a year ago, I did a podcast on journaling and using how to use journaling prompts for your healing. And I'm going to do the same today. And this was actually triggered by a post in the group. It's an anonymous post in the group that I run, The Divorce Sanctuary. And it was asking whether her husband was a narcissist. I can't remember what my original response had been at the time. I know I spoke about writing the story out. And that's what I want to share today. Because there are so many different things going on. And writing your story is so powerful towards your healing. So I've got a cup of tea, go and grab whatever you want, drink wise, uh, water or a nice warm beverage and grab a pen and a piece of paper or listen to this podcast and then sit down with your pen, your paper and your drink and look at how your story, and I'm going to talk you through this, we're going to look at how your story will help your healing and not only help your healing is going to transform the wounds and I'm trying to think of the right words I expedite your healing so you get through it quicker and it doesn't matter where you are on this journey this is really going to help you so is it helpful to put a label on something and this was sort of where this post was or some of the comments were going with this post. So to label or not to label is actually a chapter in my book, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse. And I've actually just got that chapter up. So the de- definition of a label is a small piece of paper or fabric or plastic or a similar material attached to an object and giving information about it. The second part of that is a classifying phrase or a name applied to a person or thing, especially one that is inaccurate or restrictive. So you might find it helpful to to use a label. That label could be narcissist, it could be emotional abuser. If it helps you identify something, it's beneficial to your healing. So when I, and I, I talk about this in the book, when I started my healing journey, there were a few things that were going on. One, I needed to and wanted to experience. I Bearing in mind, I've been working with wounds for 21 years. I'm fascinated by them. They hold so much information and they give us this ability to transform our lives. And there are various different reasons, but I don't want to get too caught up at the moment, maybe a bit later on in the podcast or another podcast. Wounds hold information. So it can be helpful. I talk about in the book how I went on this journey, I experienced this pain, 
and it was horrible and it was uh, there's another word I don't know what other word they can be painful I, I was on the floor many days in a row uh, trying to uh, release the emotions that were caught up inside me and watching non-stop videos trying to understand so when I started on the journey I wanted to experience everything so that I could work with it and properly understand what was going on I came across the video and I couldn't identify with this label of codependent. It was like wearing this itchy jumper. And I started listening to a book by Ross Rodenberg and it was the human magnet syndrome. And he spoke about the dance between the narcissist and the codependent. And that term codependent made me squirm. However, I was able to identify with the label empath and I used that until I was able to heal my codependent side and I believe there's a reason for these relationships and once I was able to identify and say do you know what actually I can see that I did play a codependent role in that relationship I think it helps us it's the same with narcissists. So what is a narcissist? They have an unreasonably high sense of self-importance and require constant excessive admiration. They feel they deserve privileges and special treatment. They expect to be recognised as superior even without achievements. They make achievements and talents seem bigger than they are. Preoccupied with fantasies about success, power, brilliance, beauty or a perfect mate. They believe they're superior to others and can only spend time with or be understood by equally special people. Be critical of and look down upon people they feel that are not important. They expect special, special favours and they expect other people to do what they want without questioning them. They take advantage of others to get what they want. They have an inability or willingness to recognise the needs and feelings of others. They are envious of others and believe others envy them. They behave in an arrogant way, brag a lot and come across as conceited. Insist on having the best of everything, for instance, the best car or the best office. At the same time, people with narcissistic personality disorder have trouble handling anything they view as criticism. They can become impatient or angry when they don't receive the special recognition or treatment, have major problems interacting with others and easily feel slighted, react with rage or contempt and try to belittle other people or make themselves appear superior, have difficulty managing their emotions and behaviour, experience major problems dealing with stress and adapting to change, withdraw from or avoid situations that they might fail, feel depressed and moody because they fall short of perfection, have secret feelings of insecurity, shame, humiliation and fear of being exposed as a failure. When you're coming out of an abusive relationship emotionally abusive relationship and let, let's let me just even step back further than that if you've been in or are in an emotionally abusive relationship with someone that you think might be a narcissist there are a few things to take into consideration here one it's very unlikely that they're going to a diagnosis because they don't believe there's anything wrong with their behavior secretly they might know but they're never going to admit that they're never going to go and seek help and or say never say never it's very unlikely that they are going to go and seek help unless perhaps they're forced into doing so. The other thing to consider is during the relationship, everything they've done is line somebody else up for taking the blame. They blame shift. They move the blame onto somebody else. They manipulate. They gaslight. They don't tell the truth. They manipulate the truth. So the person 
coming out of that relationship or still in that relationship is confused. Their reality isn't what they think it is. Your brain, and I spoke about this last week, it's like goo. And I talk a lot about butterflies and the process of the chrysalis and the caterpillar and how it actually has a shell underneath its skin and it sheds the skin. And if you were to break it open during that process, a goo comes out. And this is what I feel happens to us going through these relationships. Our mind turns to goo. It literally breaks down. There's so many other things going on. I also talk in the A to Z of emotional abuse about our hormones acting like a teenager. These raging hormones or these... And more recently, I've spoken about how you go from being completely numb one moment to being in pain and writhing on the floor. It is extremely painful and there's nothing in between. There's a, not a gradual build up to it. It's like a narcissistic rage that's happening inside you. And your mind has been tricked and everything that's going on has been um, confused. And over a period of time, whether that's a long period of time or whether that's a short period of time, you've been told that there's something wrong with you. People are worried about you. They've even spoken to friends and family who've raised concerns or whatever the story was. And you've been told that this is your fault. You've been told there's something wrong with you. And all of a sudden, this relationship is broken down, whether you've walked away, whether they've walked away. You're discovering things that happened that might not have been what you thought they were. You might have discovered infidelities. You might have discovered money going missing. You might have discovered lies and manipulation. So your mind now is mushy and I also have described it as being like clackers. And you've got, if you look at the two sides of the brain, if you were to look at an image of the brain, it looks like it's split in two. To me, they're like clackers. And this information is coming together. And one side of the brain, this isn't how it works, but one side of the brain, say, represents the truth as you perceive it. And the other side presents the truth as is. It really is true. So you've got this information. Everything you believe is true is a lie. So this is... This is why it is so useful and so transformative to write your story out. I know that I have controversial ways of seeing things. I like to get in. I like to deal with this. I'm not one for putting sticking plasters and, and covering over wounds. A wound is talking to you. It has information. It is hurting for a reason, much like a physical wound to say, don't stand on that foot that you've just hurt. It shoots pain there to say, no, 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 don't do that. It gives you a bruise where you've damaged it. You might have a physical pain in an area. You can't put your foot on the ground. That pain is saying, don't walk on me. We need to feel some pain. Don't overdo something. I remember having uh, an operation when my daughter was very young and I was had so many painkillers I was told not to lift her but she was tiny and I could not pick her up and the same actually I had my appendix out when my son was about 10 months old I had the same thing you know I could not pick him up he was crying and the pain was masked by painkillers and I actually did more damage 
because I couldn't feel it wasn't painful and this is why with emotional wounds we need to be listening in and listening out for them and tuning into them and asking them what information they hold and what they need from us so writing out your story is so important it really is this isn't about reminding yourself of what's happened this is about helping you sort out what happened how you're told that you have got the issue you're told that it's your fault that this has happened you're told that the relationship broke down because of your failings as a person that you're the wounded one that you've got trust issues you've been told this is your fault this has nothing to do with this person who's higher up on the narcissistic spectrum so writing out your story from beginning to end when I started writing Finding Lily I think I started somewhere in the middle and then I oh okay actually I remember this happened and then I remember this happened a bit later that's how the story evolved you can get a piece of paper and you can write a timeline out a timeline out even and you can put some events there it might be a wedding that they couldn't make or it might be they were home late from work you felt them disconnect energetically or it might be that you remember the first time that they said to you oh I don't like the way you do that you you you're sat in this relationship that starts I mean I don't want to digress too much because writing the story is really important but I'm hoping this will explain some of the processes that happen. You meet this person and they start telling you how amazing they are and how good you are together and, you know, um, and building this relationship with you. They love bomb you. They get you hooked into this relationship. And during that time, they're telling you these victim stories. They're playing the victim of how this happened to them. And um, it was really unfair how they were treated in this way. And you feeling really good, really positive about this person. He's saying or she's saying that their relationship broke down with his last ex because he or she wouldn't do this or he or she behaved in a certain way. This is all done on a subconscious level. You're sitting there going, right, make a mental note never to do that if I want to stay in this relationship. I'm never going to go out without wearing makeup. I'm never going to go out, you know, in a pair of leggings and a sweatshirt. I'm always going to make sure that I look my best or something along those lines. And then over a period of time, those relationships, where the abuser was the victim or claimed to be the victim and it wasn't fair uh, that this happened it wasn't fair that that happened to them these people that they're in relationships with they start to move them onto the pedestal that they originally put you on and they start to wobble that that stool to knock you off and that's part of the cycle of abuse and this is why you come out and you're really muddled in your thinking because they told me that they really liked the way I did this and then they tell me that they don't like the way I do this. I really like the way that you treat this person and I really like the relationship you have with the, um, this group of people and then six months later they don't like that relationship and that you're being manipulated and they might put these this group of people down they try to devalue them and, and get you to question your relationship whether you should trust this group of people now because they've manipulated their way in they've maneuvered their way in and they want power and control over your life so the writing the story start anywhere and the reason it's so important is in those moments 
And they will be with the rumination. And you'll be asking yourself, well, were they right? Is this something that's wrong with me? Were they right that I ha do have a trust issues? Were they right that I always listen to other people and not there? And then you can go back to your story and you can calm your nervous system down. You can calm your brain down and... Think of the clackers. You've got one side of your brain thinks that a lie is actually the truth and you've got the truth on the other side and you're trying to make sense of what's going on. The reason I have trust issues is because they cheated on me four times. It isn't all the other relationships. They're justifying their behaviour by accusing me of having the issue. And so the, that's what the story does. The story gives you the foundations. It allows you to see, it allows you to take that step out. It's like grounding and breathing and having an honest conversation with yourself all in one go. It allows you to take this information and step back. Because it's like having an encyclopedia or it's like having a dictionary. So if I get my Encyclopedia Britannica and I look up, say sleep, I look up sleep and I type that into the search engine or no, flick through pages and do it the old fashioned way. And it's going to tell me that sleep it's going to give me the definition of it. It's going to tell me what it is and it's going to break it down into different things. So it's REM sleep, uh, sleep apnea, there's sleep paralysis. It's going to give me the information. And this, in a way, is your Encyclopedia Britannica. This is your dictionary. You can go and ask yourself, as you would do with an, having honest conversations, is this true? So you can bust some myths. This information that I hold about myself that I've been told, and I've used this so many times, where I was stood in the kitchen. I do remember me taking a really deep breath in and grounding into my body. And I remember thinking, no, I'm not going to get upset. I'm not going to react. I'm going to be really calm about this. My, everything inside me wanted to scream and cry. And I was told that I always did this because I wanted to control my emotions and I wanted, I didn't want to react. The statement was, we believe you're bipolar. I held that belief for six years. And then I was getting ready to do a, I think it was a live on Instagram and I was writing some notes and it suddenly occurred to me that if everything was a lie, why was I holding on to this one thought that I was bipolar? Then I started to question it. Now, I'm not saying that I might not be on the spectrum of that. I love working with emotions. Vibration and keeping your vibration high is something that I've been working with vibrations and energy for 20 years, 20 plus years and looking at those energies and how they affect us physically within our body, how they affect our physiology, how they affect our mind and the chemistry within us. And so those are the things that have driven me. So it was really important for me at that time not to be triggered and to keep my energy high because I could control what was going on in my body and not have the reaction. But then I was able to use what was happening years later and use the story. And I used the story to combat rumination. I initially didn't do it um, as a complete story. When I used to flip out, and it that could be for days, and I might manage to sit down and challenge these thoughts that were going on. My mind wasn't mine. I didn't recognise the person. And I've spoken about how I didn't recognise the person staring back in the mirror. I was a shell, a complete shell of who I had been. There was nothing. My eyes were soulless. There was nobody behind there. And 
I had just gone into complete shutdown. I closed down emotionally. Writing out and challenging some of the beliefs during the rumination process didn't come naturally to me to start with because I was used to holding a higher vibration. I was used to being in a a higher energy state. So this darkness, I wasn't used to. And so I could be caught in there for four or five days before I managed to get myself out. And it was only through the grounding. And I've been doing a project and I was teaching grounding and I was working with chakras, been working with those and recording some um, information. I realised actually being grounded, I hadn't flipped into rumination. And then I realised that when I got a letter or an email, I was able to challenge some of the thought processes really quickly. On the days that I went into rumination, or I might have been in there three or four, maybe five days, and I'd lost this chunk of time. And I'm not talking about like flipping in and out. I was in there for 24 hours a day. I was in rumination, believing this is all my fault. I was just staring at the TV, trying to find the answers and work out what was going on. So this helped me. And it was writing, the story is so important. It doesn't hold you back. It's the key to move forward. And anyone who says, oh, it's, it's gonna hold you back, is not helpful in your recovery. It's the same as looking back. Oh, you should never look back. Oh, it's painful. No, if you look over your shoulder now, you'll be able to see how far you've come. And even if you're still in that relationship, the fact that you're questioning and you're much further along than you were six months ago when you had no idea that this was even a a term or that people behave like this. I digress. Writing your story, get a pen and a piece of paper. Draw a line and you can put when you first met the left hand side and the breakdown of the relationship at the right hand side and then you can start putting lines along it and it might be your age or it might be a year and you might say I remember we went to this wedding and it was Agnes's wedding okay and then you can maybe go oh yeah there was another time when we were on holiday and this happened so you might say okay that was 2006 so you mark in front of it 2006 I remember feeling really awful and something was wrong in our relationship and that was actually 2016 and you can start to build up a picture and then once you start doing that and you can say okay Agnes's wedding what was going on I was feeling really good about myself I bought this fantastic outfit blah 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 and then I was told that it was too revealing or I couldn't wear it or my makeup looked rubbish or my hair looked awful the shoes didn't go it was crinkly whatever it is you can write that story and then you can start filling in the gaps. And when you see the story, you can stay, start saying, and it might be that there's infidelities that have been throughout the relationship. And you can add those in. And you can, even if you don't write or know uh, names or anything like that, there was an, an energy was off. I remember feeling my ex withdraw from me energetically. I literally felt him as if he unplugs from me. I I describe it as like being um, an electric car. You know, when you plug an electric car in and out, it felt like that and he completely disconnected and that was it. I knew the relationship was more or less over and it was like, you know, what are we doing? Is this marriage ending? It's coming up to our wedding anniversary. You don't really want to be celebrating. Let's make a decision. So all of that could be lumped in either into one section of time. So say that happened over a three month period 
or I could take them individually. We actually went and saw a marriage counsellor and this is what was going on then. And you can start to see this pattern and then you might start to realise that this isn't you. You might not eventually need the label of narcissist once you've done the healing. For me, emotionally divorcing is, this is where what we're aiming for, to divorce from that person emotionally, to walk away and say, thank you so much for what you did. You've broken me open. That's actually what I said. Thank you. You've broken me open and I can now let the light in and I can heal. Whatever we had to learn from each other, I've learned and healed. It was one of my biggest gifts, my biggest learnings. And I hope that eventually you will get to that point that you experience the same thing. This is a gift and this is what I've learned about myself. And this is what the healing that I've done. So with your pen, um, it can be an A4 piece of paper, it can be a notebook, you might write the story out. Finding Lily was an event that happened over a year, I think it was. What I'm hoping that you'll get from this is that you have the information, like an encyclopedia or a dictionary, that you can go and look up and say, do you know what? Actually, I do have trust issues but only in this relationship because you cheated on me because you did this. When we first got into a relationship, you were seeing five different people and you told me that I was the only person and that went on for eight months and this happened and you told me this and I discovered you on a dating website and I discovered you talking to this person and I discovered the emails that you'd sent to this person and I discovered the emails where you said that you were away working and in fact you tell the place that you're working you've got a home emergency. So my encyclopedia that I'm writing has got the information there and I can go back. Yeah, I do have trust issues but I have trust issues with you and this relationship or our relationship. I don't generally have trust issues. I hope you get the chance to do this because honestly, it's life-changing. It will help you look at this and transform these wounds that have been created. I also want to remind you that some of these wounds might be original wounds. So these are the ones that are picked up at a younger age. So it might be that you experience, and we have three core wounds, abandonment, shame and betrayal. It might be that you've been abandoned betrayed or shamed at a younger age and from these three core wounds will be other wounds and you might have a fear wound that comes off one of these fear of betrayal you might have betrayed yourself there are variants to these wounds and so by getting right to the core and getting to the root of the wound that's where the transformation happens really getting to how this originally started but at the moment when you're confused and you're in that relationship and you don't know because you're being told this is all your fault or you always do things like this or you've got trust issues and you're thinking this is your fault and then you're questioning, actually, are they a narcissist? How would I know if they're a narcissist? Okay, you're only going to know if they're a narcissist if they get a diagnosis. The fact that you're asking that question might indicate that there was something unhealthy about that relationship. That is going to help you. It's your encyclopedia go back and skim through what happened no 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 that didn't happen no I don't have trust issues this is why I had trust issues this is what this is about so you've got your story another way of doing it 
is actually to write your story out and then to get my book, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse. And then you can go through and look at situations, scenarios. So you, then you take your story and you say, oh, Aunt Mabel's wedding. I can't remember who it was now. This is what happened. And then you can look at the behavior and say, actually, this is blame shifting. Actually, this is whatever it is. And you can then start to pinpoint the behavior even further. So you're not getting a diagnosis. You will never get that diagnosis. And you can't diagnose because you have to medically train to diagnose. But you can look at the traits and go, yeah, they're quite high up on that. Yeah, they always need attention. You're in a place where you're being questioned. You're in a place where you hurt. You've got wounds that are screaming for attention. It wasn't healthy. So initially, yeah, label them. If you think they are higher up on the narcissistic spectrum, the story is important because you can then see the pattern of behavior and there will be a pattern. So I hope this is helpful, has been really helpful towards your healing. And even if it's to sit down and go, oh gosh, look how far I've come. I can't, rem I can't believe that when I got out of this relationship, I couldn't even think. I couldn't put, I couldn't get dressed in the morning. I couldn't get out of bed. And now look at me, I'm at the gym five days a week. Um, I've got a new career, I've finished my training. I always wanted to be a nurse. All of these things are different stages of the journey. And it's so important to acknowledge what you've done and how amazing you bloody well are to have got out of this and to be healing. It doesn't matter how many times you went back, you got out, okay? really doesn't matter wounds and this trauma can be transformed and it is so empowering and so powerful when you're able to do that and the strength that comes from that is life-changing promise you sending you loads and loads of love until next time